the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Thank you for tuning in. I am so glad you're here with us today. Today we have a phenomenal show. Of course, you know that we're going to finish the last part of John. Uh, but today we have Pastor Mike Doyle of the Movement, and he has this great event coming up in Oceanside on October 1st at the Oceanside Pier. But with that, let's get into it a little bit. Mike, Pastor Mike, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I live in New York City. Um, I actually live near Long Island City, and I pastor a church called Movement Church, New York City. We're on 39th Street, right smack dab in the middle of Manhattan between 5th Avenue and 6th Avenue, two blocks from Times Square. God is moving in our church. We Coming out of COVID, we kind of just, we just popped, really. And we've had to go to multiple services. We're probably going to have a third service this fall. Wow. And then we're also looking at probably beginning to pioneer a fourth service in Brooklyn. And so I, I just want to tell all of your listeners out there, you know, probably a lot of them are based in Southern California. God is actually really moving in New York City. You know, <laughs> New York City is constantly in the news, you know what I mean, about all the crazy stuff going on. And this happening. But in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the craziness, the Holy Spirit of God is actually moving powerfully. So, so I pastor that church, but I'm from San Diego. I'm from Solana Beach. And uh, many years ago, I felt led to plant a church, and it was a kind of a long story, but I was actually in Bali at the time on a, doing an outreach there, and I felt like God said to me, Mike, what about planting a church in New York City? And I was like, okay, Lord, whatever you say. And I came back from that trip, became a missionary, raised like $40,000, gave away everything that wouldn't fit my Toyota Tacoma, drove to New York City by myself, planted a, started a Bible study down by the West Village, planted a church out of it, and now here we are all these years later. And... I've always had a vision to see revival in Southern California. And over the last, I'd say probably two and a half years, I've been praying every single day for revival in Southern California. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more details ahead. I don't, I don't want to monologue it too much. But this event that we're doing on Saturday, October 1st at the Oceanside Amphitheater has actually been almost 13 years in the making and specifically about four and a half years in the making and we are just believing that the Holy Spirit is going to come move in power, and we're praying that it's a catalytic event for revival in Southern California. You know, Pastor Mike, I believe that, and I believe, you know, he's using you in a powerful way, especially in these last days that yes. we're living in. Um, tell me a little bit about this uh, uh, event that's going to happen, because I know you have some really powerful name yeah, absolutely. Uh, worship people. Can you tell us who they are? And- absolutely. So it'll be Saturday, October 1st at the Oceanside Amphitheater. It's going to go from 4 to 10 p.m. It's absolutely free. We're raising all the money. I actually had a donor friend come in pretty significantly last weekend. And so we're about 30, you know, we're about three-fifths of the way in, in terms of raising the money. And I'm perfectly confident we're going to raise all the money. I never charge for anything. Amen, Mike. Because we want everybody to come. We want everybody to hear the gospel. And I'm praying that 
2,000 people come and 200 people give their lives to Jesus. Now, in terms of the artist lineup, we have Josh Garrels. He's going to be headlining. We have um, Chris Kualala and Jesus Culture. We have uh, local pastor Evan Wickham. We have Circuit Riders, who are a revivalist worship team out of Costa Mesa, California. They're phenomenal. The lead singer is a girl named Lindy Kofer, who I believe God has, a, has an anointing on her life as a revivalist. And we're going to have other local uh, pastors speaking, um, Jason Graves from Daybreak, uh, Tyler Baquette from CC Vista, and also uh, Movement Church San Marcos and Daybreak Church are doing a combined worship team, which are going to kick off the whole day. And the whole vision of it is we want to share the gospel and seek revival in San Diego, and we want to see the saved come to, we want to see the lost come to know Jesus, and we want to see Christians revived and awakened in their faith. And I agree with you. I just, I believe that we're living in the end times. I believe we're living in the last days. And I think that God in his mercy and his grace is going to pour out his Holy Spirit one last time. Amen. And one last great awakening. And I think that this last third great awakening will be the greatest one that we've ever seen. Amen. And, and that's, that's the vision for this event. And, and look, it's just one event, but I see it as, as another catalytic event towards waking the church up in Southern California that we would raise the banner of Yahweh, we would lift up the name of Jesus. And I think the cure for California is Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit moving in dramatic power. That's pretty powerful, Pastor Mike. That's uh, walking out in faith. You know, a lot of pastors, a lot of uh, so-called prophets are believing that the next revival is going to start here in California. And I'm glad you believe that. So let me ask you another question. So you have a, a church that you planted in New York. Yes. You're from Solana Beach. Yep. Total surfer town. Yep. yep. You're a surfer as well. Yep. yep. And, and you end up going to New York yes. and planting a church. Yep. How is that working for you? Oh, it's, it's, it's going amazing. We, what I did when I first got there, because I literally knew nobody. And so I just started a Bible study in the basement of a coffee shop down by NYU. And then I grew that to about 30, 40 people. So then I had people. <laughs> wow. I didn't have any people. So now I finally had some people. And then we launched in a little independent movie theater at 12th and University by Union Square. Now, what's also fascinating was I honestly thought moving to New York City, I'm like, all right, someone's got to go to New York, right? So I have all these friends that have all these great churches. And I thought, I'll take one for the team and I'll go to New York City. Like, I'll, (laughs) I'll be the guy that goes. But actually, when I got there, I realized that actually the Holy Spirit was really moving in New York City. Mm. Right before I got there, Tim Keller, who a lot of people know of, uh, his book, Reason for God, came out, and he kind of blew up and was everyone on, on everyone's radar. And also, right around the same time, a whole bunch of people moved to New York City to plant churches right about the exact same time. And it, it was the wildest thing. We didn't talk to each other. We didn't coordinate with each other. But what I almost feel like is the Holy Spirit put out a call, and there was a whole bunch of us that responded. And that was, you know, Hillsong planted right around the same time. Uh, another guy named John Tyson, there was an Acts 29 church plant, these Ark church planters were all these young guys about my age, and we all moved right about the same time, and we planted churches, and we were all down by Union Square, and it was like this move of the Holy Spirit, and it was when pretty much all the way right up to COVID. Now, COVID has really dramatically changed the church landscape of New York City, but we actually thrived through COVID. Amen. Our church grew through COVID, our, our giving doubled, and then we were one of the first churches to begin regathering. Amen. And uh, as soon as you know, it's, you know, it's a long conversation, but as soon as we were legally allowed to, we, we reopened our doors. And then once we went to every single Sunday, we just popped. We had to go to multiple services, probably uh, in October, we're going to have a third service. And then we're looking at pioneering, again, a fourth service in Brooklyn, because just to try to contain all the growth. 
because so many people are coming to church. So many people are coming to know Jesus. And the other thing that's happening in New York City is New York City is a city of young people. And now I would say like half of New York City is like Gen Z. Half my church is Gen Z. And Gen Z was this generation that I think a lot of people had written off. And I actually think they're going to be a Jesus movement generation. Come on, brother. I absolutely believe that. They are so open to the Holy Spirit. And because they're kind of nihilistic in their minds, there is, you know, life is empty, life is meaningless. When they meet Jesus Christ, they are all in 100%. And so we've had this massive influx of these beautiful, wonderful, young Gen Z kids. And they're like, they're amazing. And so God's moving. And, and also, and because the, the church in your city is doing so well, and we're, we've been in such a good season for about three years now, it's been able to give me a little margin to work on some other projects. And that's, that's how I was able to come out to San Diego and actually, you know, I'm here this week and I can be here and invest in it because God is so blessing what we're doing in New York City. It's given, it's given me some ability to come out and do projects like this and have the backing of my church and the support of my church. So yeah, it's just, it's amazing. So I'm so glad we have you here today. Um, Monday, you had a, a prayer group over at the amphitheater. Yes, sir. And so last night at our midweek service, uh, Two of those people, uh, Roy and his wife, Jojo, yeah. were part of that uh, prayer group. And it was just, they were so radiant and on fire, believing that God is going to do something powerful on yes. October 1st. Yes. So there's a lot of things that are leading up to it. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So how old are you and are you married? I am, I'm in my 40s and I'm engaged. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, and my fiance, she lives in Brooklyn. She's... Uh, she works for a company called Hardcore Mifflin, and she's uh, it's, what's kind of great about it is she's a uh, she teaches teachers how to be better teachers. She, she's like she's like a high level consultant for school districts, and she'll go in and train teachers how to be a better teacher. So, like literally, people people pay thousands of dollars for her feedback, and I get it every Sunday. <laughs> and I like she's, that. And she's very sweet and gentle, and she. Uh, but it's like it's the most valuable, priceless feedback. So it's it ends up being kind of like a, like a power couple situation where she's like, well, you did this and that was good and you do this a little bit better. And she's, hey, she's, she's very gentle about it, but yeah. So you said you are in your forties. Uh, uh, when was your encounter with God? When did God meet you at the perfect time you cried out? Yes. And he found you because yes. God's never lost. People yes. usually say, I found God. No. <laughs> but God found you. So when was your moment? Absolutely. I, I got saved when I was 18 years old. I was raised in a nominal Irish Catholic home. My dad was a fighter pilot in the Navy. We actually, uh, he was stationed at Miramar back when it was still a Navy base. Wow. Yeah, he, um, he went to Top Gun. He flew in F-14s. And so we were, in, we were a military family, so we traveled around a lot. And I've actually spent probably half my life on each coast because we, we lived in all the Navy towns. Okay. And so I lived out in Poway when I was a little kid when my dad was stationed at Miramar. And, uh, but we were just kind of a, just a nominal... Irish Catholic home, we, you know, Christmas Easter Christians. And, but really early on, I began searching for the meaning of life in every other possible way I could ex- apart from Christianity. And then by the time I got into high school, I got into Eastern religions and psychedelics and uh, Rastafarianism. And I got really, really into LSD. I mean, I had my own kind of like 1960s, you know, in, in my high school years. But by the, but my senior year of high school, my mother... Uh, it was during the first Gulf War. My dad was stationed on an aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf, and my mother had an aneurysm, and it just kind of rocked my world. And then the summer after I graduated 
high school, I got in a lot of trouble and I, and I got in a lot of trouble with the police and I just kind of hit this deep existential crisis. And I, and I, I got to finally to the point towards the end where I basically was an atheist. I was a nihilist. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe life had any meaning. And I even contemplated taking my life, but I just thought life is meaningless. And when you die, you cease to exist. And I just felt like I was stuck in this quagmire and I didn't know the way forward. And that's probably the darkest place I've ever been in my entire life. And it was at the darkest point in my life that two friends of mine, uh, one of them is a Calvary Chapel pastor today, and my other friend, Randy and Sean, uh, they became Christians. And we were all surfers, and we all had sold drugs, and we all partied together on the beach, and both those guys became Christians. And they would go to the same keg parties that we always went to, but now they would drink Gatorade and tell people about Jesus. Wow. <laughs> they had I a, like that. They had a Gatorade ministry, right? And I ran into them party when I ran into them at a party one night on the beach, and they started talking to me about Jesus. And they were going to this church called New Life, which was a Calvary Chapel in Florida. And I thought, man, that's what I need is, is new life. And outwardly, I acted too cool, but I could I could sense the Holy Spirit inside of them. I could feel the love of God, and they were not the two guys that I used to party with anymore. I could just see how Jesus Christ had transformed them. And I was kind of a hippie. I was into psychedelics. For me, they were kind of like glowing. I was just like, man, what is going on with these two guys? So a week later, I called up my friend Sean. He invited me to go to youth group with him. And I remember, uh, to, this, to this day, I still remember walking to that youth group for the first time. It's the first like, evangelical church I'd ever been to. As soon as I walked in, I felt the love of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I knew immediately that what these people had was the truth. So I went for about three months, and I always tell people, like, I, I was a youth pastor. I always tell people, I was the kid you don't want in your youth ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I was that kid, like... When I, I'm the kid, when you see him show up on a Wednesday night, you're like, oh, this is going to be a challenging youth night. I was that kid. I love it. I asked every difficult question I could. Well, who made God? And what about abortion? And, you know, what about evolution? And can God make a rock too big he can't lift? Every, every difficult question I could. And then one night, my youth pastor shared this very simple message about how Jesus was the greatest person who ever lived, how he died on the cross for our sins, how he rose from the dead. And he just said all these cliches that I'd never heard before, and they just washed over me. He says, even if you're the only person who ever would have sinned, Jesus would have died for mm. you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And here's what he said that, that I've never forgotten, and it was changed my life. And he says, so he shares the gospel. He shares all these, all these really powerful cliches. And then he says, and Jesus just wants to be your friend. Mm. And as I sat there as a little nihilistic 18-year-old, party surf punk kid as I sat there in that chair and I realized that Jesus just wanted to be my friend. I thought, how could you not want Jesus to be your friend? And I accepted Jesus Christ into my life and I was born again. And, and as soon as I got saved, I went off to Bible college and the rest is history. That's beautiful. So, you know, something powerful happened in your life. Yes. And that means that God can reach anybody. Anybody. Alcoholic. Anybody. Drug addict. Yes. Prostitute, yes. Liar, yes. Thief, yes. Murderer, yes. That's that's most Calvary Chapel pastors. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, let me end with this question. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you're going to close this out at the end of the the show. Absolutely. If somebody wants to reach you or or help in any way, yes. Um, how can they reach you? For this event that's going yes. to take place October 1st, which I think is absolutely right, a catalyst. How can they reach you? Uh, they can go to the website, movementsd.com. If they want to support it financially, there's a way they can give on that. 100% of all donations go just to cover the cost of the event. Everybody involved, we're all donating our time. And then also, if they want to email us, they can email us to the website. 
and uh, and those emails get sent to me. So if you want to communicate with me personally, I, I will be more than happy to connect with you to talk with you about the event. If you're a pastor and you want to be a partner church, we, we'd love to have you jump on board. We want everybody to be a part. This is a kingdom event. Amen. It, we, we cannot do this without the local church. And if you're an individual believer and you want to volunteer, there's a form you can fill out to volunteer. If you're a pastor and you want to be a partner church, contact us. And if you want to support it, obviously we can, you know, we'll take the help. And but yeah, just contact us through the website. Those emails, the ones for me get directed to me. And I'd be more than happy to talk with you and give you any more details. Amen. So thank you so much, uh, Pastor Mike. It was such a pleasure to have you. And I'm really looking forward yes. to this event. I believe God's going to do something yes. powerful. Yes. Um, I appreciate your time. And, yeah. and, you know, talking to you seems like God can reach anybody. Anybody. And so I'm happy to to be part of uh, just knowing you yes. and knowing that you're doing this. Yes. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just finished with an amazing interview with Pastor Mike Doyle, who's putting on an event October 1st in Oceanside, California at the Amphitheater. And as we continue now, we come into the latter part of the show where we are in the book of John. And if you remember last week, we finished... Uh, in John chapter 4, verse 26, when he had just encountered this Samaritan woman and women were the last thing that people wanted in their lives. They were looked down at. Um, this woman obviously had issues, but Jesus went out of his way to minister her, minister to her, offered her living water, and she was convinced that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior sent to the world. And if you remember, we finished in verse 426 where it says, I that speak am he. I am the Messiah, Jesus says. And that we pick it up in verse 27. It says, and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, why seek is thou or why talkest with her? It was an incredible thing that had happened. Jesus is now speaking with a woman, which in itself was powerful. A rabbi or a teacher would not even ever greet a woman. It went so far that he wouldn't speak with his own wife, his daughter or sister in public. Now, this to me is way out there where the Pharisees, some of the Pharisees um, who would literally close their eyes when a woman walked by were called the bruised and bleeding Pharisees. Religion had settled. Religion was now a way of life. But let me tell you that if you're listening right now, Jesus can break that. If you're a religious person, Jesus wants a relationship with you. If you don't know Jesus and if you're like this woman with issues, regardless of your sin, God loves you. Jesus loves you. 27 says this, and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no man said, why seekest thou or why talkest thou to her? Verse 28 says, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and says to the men, obviously she didn't go to the woman. She was an outcast. Even the women did not want to hang out with her. And of course the men 
would gravitate to someone like this. The woman had been married several times and the man she now was living with was not even her husband. If you find yourself in that position today, know that Jesus can give you peace. Know that Jesus will accept you. There's no sin that you have committed that Jesus won't take you back. 29 says, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did is not this to Christ. All Jesus had done in this conversation, as far as we know, was told her about her marriages and about the man she lived. But it was enough to convince her that this man knew everything, that he was the Messiah. Jesus actually told her, I am he. He revealed himself to her and told her that he was the Messiah, the Messiah. This is what takes place now. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him or asked him, saying, Master, eat. Rabbi, teacher, eat something. But he said unto them, I have me to eat that you know of. You don't know of this meat that I am speaking about. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 to 3, it says this, Hey, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. This is a spiritual thing that God is saying. This is something that Isaiah penned down. Verse 2 says, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And you labor for that which satisfies not. There is no satisfaction. Money is never enough. I remember Rockefeller in his early years was asked a question. How much more money do you need? You own everything. His response was one more dollar. There's nothing that's out of advice. Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. God is speaking to you right now. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas, and we're speaking about Jesus as as he did something wonderful, went out of his way to meet this woman. Now the woman goes. She's so convinced that it's Jesus she, she tells the men, she lets them know, hey, I've met him. And then we see that Jesus responds to his disciples when they came back that I have me to eat and you, that you know not of. 33 says this, therefore said the disciples one to another, has any man brought him something to eat or anything to eat? Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You know, we have an interesting section in Hebrews 10.9, a verse that literally says, Lo, or here I come to do thy will, O God. And that's Jesus. I come to do thy will, O God, and to finish his work. Remember what Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. His job was not completed. His What he came to do was not finished until he breathed his last and said, it is finished. Verse 35 says this, Say not ye that there are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. The harvest is ready. 
It is time now. Jesus is calling you. You are part of that harvest if you don't know Jesus. He's calling you. We're living in these radical days. You've seen what the pandemic did. You see what they've done. It was it was like a trial run for the enemy to get people to to do the crazy. We now see how the vaccines are affecting people. People are dying. Athletes are dying. More athletes have died in the last two years than ever before. And they're dropping of heart attacks. It was a trial run. But Jesus is saying now that the harvest is ready. If he said it then, imagine how ready it is now. He's calling you. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit from unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth rejoices together. Listen, you're part of that. He's calling you. If you are already a believer and you want God to use you to plant seeds, the time is perfect. The time is now. Jesus is calling you. He he wants you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you. He's literally telling his disciple 2,000 years ago that the time was now, that it was time, that it was time. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John. And if you don't know Jesus, the time is now. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you died for my sins, and I believe that you're the only one that could forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he went to a cross for you. He loves you. Hear his call as he's calling on to you now. Jesus loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome. This is Freedom with Adam Riojas. As we continue in the book of John, last week we were able to see that Jesus went out of his way to speak to this woman that was an outcast. And he purposely made time to see her. Look, I just want to remind you today. And if 
again, you're not listening by any accident. Jesus is calling you. Jesus wants to be your refuge, your strong tower. He wants to deliver you from your sin. He wants to deliver you from what has you in bondage, for what has you in fear. If you're even thinking of taking your life, stop right now. You heard earlier how how Pastor Mike at once contemplated that. But let me tell you that God can redeem you just like he's redeemed this woman. Just like he's redeemed this woman. Jesus is now having a conversation with the disciples after they returned, found her speaking with this woman. The woman is excited. She goes out and tells the men, not the woman, but the men, because only the men would give her an audience. She was looked down upon society. That may be you today. And Jesus will never look down upon you because he loves you. And, and as we pick it up in uh, verse 37, after Jesus has just told them that the fields are ready, that that folks are ready right now to hear the gospel, just like you're hearing it today. Now, if you never heard gospel, gospel just simply means good news. And this is the good news that you can be delivered. Jesus can restore your hope and your future just like he did with his woman. Let's see what the next verses tell tell us. And herein is the saying true. One sows and another reaps. One plants, one lets you know about the gospel. Perhaps you heard it before. Perhaps you heard the good news. And then today, you may be that one reaping. You may be the one that wants deliverance, that wants hope, that wants a future. He wants to give you a future. He doesn't want to hurt you, but to bless you and to prosper you. Verse 38 says, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. He's telling disciples, look, I sent you out. These people are ripe. They've heard the good news. They, they've seen the miracles. They know what's taking place. And all you have to do is go out there and seal the deal. Let them know about me. 39 says this now. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. For the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. See, some of you that are listening are probably already believers, have already accepted Jesus, have already asked him into your heart. And our duty, our reasonable service is to let others know what Jesus did in our life. Yes, he knows everything you ever did. And yes, he's forgiven you and he can forgive anyone. There isn't anything you can do that God cannot forgive you as long as you're still alive. 40 says this, 440 says this. So when the Samaritans were come on to him, they besought him, looked for him, that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days. You know, 
most Jews, because they had an abhorrence with the Samaritans because they were half uh, Jewish and half Assyrian. When the Assyrians had conquered the, the 10 tribes, they literally would take most of them captive and set their own people there, and they would intermingle with the folks. And so now you had Jews and Samaritans that were abhorred by the full-blooded Jews. Most Jews would go around Samaria, Samaria, but Jesus was right through to have this encounter. He made time for them. He ended up staying two days. And many more believed because of his own word. So now folks are believing because they're hearing Jesus speak. A lot of them believe because of the woman told them. But now you have other people that are hearing Jesus and are believing. And said the woman, now we believe not because of the saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. That's right. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Listen, and if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John. And right now we just read John chapter 4, verse 42, where the men now are saying, look, we know indeed, not just because you told us the woman who had Affairs, the woman who slept with men and she didn't marry them and whom Jesus had restored. They say, now we believe not because you told us he told you all things. We now believe indeed that he is the Christ, the savior of the world. He can save you today. Do you feel despair? Do you feel lost, hopeless, addicted to drugs, alcohol, pornography? Are you a woman beater? Today, God can restore you. Verse 43, 443 of the book of John says, Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee, For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. No honor in his own country. It makes perfect sense. You know, even today, when someone is raised from within their town, uh, when Jesus reaches somebody, most of these men leave the town Because some of their friends will say, well, yeah, he's a believer. Let's see what happens. But you have greater success when you go out. When no one knows you and they see you now and they see you on fire for the Lord. And, And it makes sense that his own countrymen did not really give Jesus no honor. 45 says this. Then when he was coming to Galilee... The Galileans received him, having seen all things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. So they also went on to the feast. 
this next part of scripture says a whole lot about Jesus. You know, when we gave an introduction to the book of John, when we started this this amazing book that John wrote, who was inspired by the Holy Spirit, we see that John went right to the point and told us who Jesus was in the beginning, just like Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens. That word God in the beginning, uh, God, it means Elohim. It's a plural name for God. And John uses the exact same thing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He says this, John says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then it says that he made all things. Literally tells us that he's that same person that was involved in creation, God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. You know, one times one times one equals one. It isn't one plus one plus one, it's three. It's one times one times one equals one. You know, God is this perfect triune God. In the beginning, time, God created the heavens, space, and then the earth, matter, a triune universe as we know it. That's, that's beautiful when you think of God, a triune God, but he's one. He's one. 46 says this. So Jesus came again onto Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. Remember that? He had transformed a liquid, a molecular liquid into another liquid. Some believe that he made alcohol. That's impossible because leaven always represents corruption. This was a creative act when he, that he did when he, when he changed one to another. He didn't make an old thing. The Bible says he makes all things new. He made the perfect wine, the perfect grape juice. And we know there's so much healing power in, in grape juice. Concord grapes are amazing for your health. That was his first miracle, a creative miracle. But look what it says here. Then there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come unto Judea into Galilee, he went on to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. I would be seeking him too. By this time, everyone knew what Jesus was doing. He was performing radical miracles, healing the the lame, giving their sight back to those that were blind, the paralytic, those that were infected with diseases. Jesus was healing. I would look for him too. And today you could seek him out. He could heal you. I know he can. Then Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. He said, except you see the signs and wonders, you won't believe. The nobleman said unto him, sir, come down before my child dies. He's full of compassion. He has his child in his heart. You know, most of us would do anything and everything for our children. We would. We would go out of our way, especially if you love your children. And then 
Even more, if, if you are born again, if you know Jesus, if you have a relationship, you would do anything for your child. I wasn't fortunate enough when I was a child. My, my dad was abusive, left when I was 10, was hardly ever around. I didn't have this type of father. And, and maybe you didn't. But today, let me tell you that you can have an encounter with Daddy, Abba, God Almighty. And it could be a relationship. He isn't a foreign God. He isn't unapproachable like some religions believe. He's the only God. And you can have a relationship with him. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Your son lives. Your son lives. Now, this is now the second of the seven miracles that John points out in the book of John. And all seven have to do with the creative God. And all seven point to Jesus being God, the incarnate word. John wants you to know, God wants you to know that Jesus can save you, that he's Lord, that he's savior, that he can give you hope, that he can restore you. He says, go thy way, thy son lives. See, in Mark chapter 9, there's also another instance where this father has his, his child who is demon-possessed. He takes him to Jesus, and Jesus, could you, the disciples couldn't cast out the demons. They take, he takes him to Jesus. He says, I'm looking for Jesus. I'm looking for the Messiah. I want Jesus. And he did the right thing. So many times we're caught up. We go through men when we can go straight to God. Straight to God. Today is your opportunity. That man in Mark chapter 9, when Jesus asked him, do you believe? He says, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. He believed and he needed whatever was holding back for God to help him. Is that, and if that's you today, if you need that extra push, that little faith to get you to the other side, ask Jesus to give you that faith, to help you believe. If there's any doubt, God can do it. Look what the man says. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke unto him, and he went his way in John 4.50. He believed Jesus. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Thy son liveth. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John and we're seeing Jesus just perform the his second radical miracle that John is pointing out. He had already performed many, but this is John's second that he that he's pointing out. He can do that for you. This man isn't more special than you. The child he healed isn't more special than your child. At the foot of the cross, we're equal. Your title, your position can't save you. Only Jesus. Now, he can use modern medicine to heal you. He can. And the Bible is very clear that all good things come from above. Everything comes from above. The man believed and went his way. Verse 51 says, And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, 
the fever left him. At that very point, at that very moment in history when Jesus says, go your way, your son lives. When he was at the point of death, he was healed. That's God. That's God. If you never thought that Jesus was God, today's your opportunity. If you're caught up in some crazy religion that tells you Jesus is not God, you need to flee right now. Jesus is God. And Jesus is calling you. And Jesus wants a relationship with you. He loves you. Just like he loved this man in his child. And at that very point, that child was healed. That man believed so much that he was literally about a day's walk from where he lived. He didn't immediately go back. He spent the night. The next day he goes back and they tell him his child was healed because he believed Jesus. You can believe him today to save you, to give you a hope, to heal you. Maybe you're someone who has been saying, I've been asking him to heal a family, to heal me, and he hasn't does it, and he hasn't done it yet. Don't give up. Keep praying. Because if you don't get healed here, you will be healed in the next life. This life is short. Let me tell you that right now. Do you know what eternity is? It's forever. You know that it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus came and showed up on the scene into man's history? And it seems like yesterday when you read scripture. Do you know how long we live? 80 if we're blessed. And if we go past that, it's extra time that God has given us. It isn't much after that. I've never met anybody over 102 years old. Maybe some of you have met somebody a little older than that. God loves you. Today is a day of salvation. Today, he is calling you. 53 says this. So the father knew that it was at that same hour in that which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth and himself believes and his whole house. That very instant, the man knew that Jesus had performed a radical miracle. A miracle that was a long distance miracle. He wasn't even there. Thy son liveth. Listen, he can offer you life right now. Here is a reality. For believer and non-believer, if we believe in Jesus can come back tomorrow, but if he doesn't, this is what we know for sure is that we're all going to die. Then there's something afterwards. Man has always been searching for the fountain of youth. Only Jesus can restore you. Jesus has promised a brand new body when we stepped over into eternity. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, he loves you. The time is closing down as we know it. Human history is about to change really soon. I know that for many years, people have been saying that. 
And they've been saying those foolish Christians, where is this coming? Just like Peter says in his letters, where is this coming? They've been saying that since the beginning. But let me tell you, there's more prophetic biblical word that has been fulfilled in our lifetime in the last hundred years and ever in history. Knowledge right now is rampant. Israel is back in their land. Now they own the capital is back into place and the capital had to be back into place in order for one day the Antichrist to say he's God. The time is close. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riolas. As we get ready to conclude this letter and we see Jesus do the radical in John chapter four, chapter four. And let me read 53 and 54 again. So the father knew that it was at that same hour in which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth and himself believed and his whole house. Today, you can start that. You can start that. You can believe in Jesus and believe that God can use you to restore your family, your lost son, your lost daughter, your your son or daughter who has been given over to, to this new fad of transgenderism. In the eyes of God, it's immorality. If your son and daughter or you are lost to drugs or alcohol, God can restore that. God can do that for you. Because Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he went to a cross for you. And and as John penned this letter out, God directed him to give you and I a message of hope. A message of restoration. And all we have to do is believe. It sounds easier than said. Because it's going to take you to give up everything. Take up your cross and follow me, Jesus said. 54, this again, the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea. John points this out as as the second miracle Um, It was a second miracle that he had performed in Galilee, but he had already performed tons of miracles through all of Israel. But John points it out because it shows you the power that Jesus has when he speaks a word. When he speaks a word. Out of those seven miracles, these are the first two. The last one that he that John gives us is when he raises Lazarus from the dead. He can raise you from the dead. Jesus wants to restore you to sanity. He wants to give you a future and a hope. You know, I want to thank you so much for listening today. But more than that, I believe that God spoke to you today through his word. Not anything eloquent that I said, not anything that happened during the show. And if you were here the whole show, you heard the interview with Pastor Mike Doyle, who 
who's out of Solana Beach, who now has a church planted in New York, who God used, and God can use you if you're a believer. And if you don't believe today, God is calling you to believe, to change your life. Listen, you could reach us anytime at, at thecrossoceanside.org. And as we close this sh- uh, show up for today, and I definitely want to see you come back next Sunday as we pick it up in chapter five, Pastor Mike is going to close us out in prayer. Pastor Mike. Father God, we come before you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, we thank you for that powerful word, Lord, and all those incredible reminders that Jesus Christ, you can do anything in our lives. So we pray for everybody listening to this radio program right now, Lord Jesus, wherever they're at, if they're in their car, if they're at home, if they're at work, wherever they are, Jesus, you know exactly what they're facing. You know exactly what they're going through. We pray for anybody listening to this radio program that doesn't know you, Jesus, that even right now in this moment, they would pause and they would just bow their head and they'd pray a very simple prayer and they'd invite you, Jesus Christ, to come into their lives and be their Lord and their Savior. And we pray for any believer out there that's struggling, maybe something that pastor talked about today was stirred up inside of them, Lord Jesus. And I pray that whatever it is that they're struggling with, that Jesus, you would give them victory today. Lord, where they need healing, give them healing. Where they need provision, give them provision. Where they're despairing, give them hope. We thank you with you, Jesus, that nothing is impossible. All things are possible with you and that you love us and you're for us and that you lived and died and rose again from the dead so we could have eternal life. God bless everybody listening to this radio program today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would touch them in your name. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.